0: So to bring positive change. I think it's very important that more people start to understand that progressive ideas are actually working for them, not against them. Three. Two.
1: Two. One. Welcome to We Are The Free's Perspectives.
0: Oh, what does the wreck entail? So many hours of work. <laughs>
1: We are a creative agency maximizing the
0: positive impact on businesses, society and our planet. So if you currently look at all communication marketing campaigns, it's not always representing society. Radical change needs to happen now, otherwise brands and companies are going to get left behind.
1: If you're a marketing manager, if you're in a senior position, you're an opportunity maker. So how can you redistribute those opportunities in an interesting way? Every week, founder Mitchell talks to visionaries and change makers who are shaking up the status quo. We create content for every living soul on this planet. Get ready to be launched into a new perspective. Thank you very much for being here. It's a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Mm -hmm. Can you introduce yourself?
0: Uh, Okay, my name is Nadine, I work as a creative strategist, um, as a trainer in the field of uh, diversity and inclusion, and I uh, write, speak, and moderate in the field of equality and sustainability.
1: That's a handful, you do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. How did it all start? (laughs)
0: Um, I started working in, um, well, advertising, communication, Um, as you like. So I started working at a media agency. I worked at um, advertiser side, creative agency, publisher. So I basically saw all sides of communication. And then um, my last job was at Vice um, Virtue, so the creative uh, strategic label of Vice. And then I started um, working as an independent strategist after that. So that's around five years ago now. And when I started working, uh, I just did some um, some some strategy work for agencies, and then um, at some point, uh, I started writing blogs about like mostly on marketing platforms just to bring my own brand out there because um, I wanted to work as a strategist, but I don't look like most strategists in the industry as we all know. Uh, I didn't have the big awards or agencies behind my name, so I needed a little bit more. I needed something else. So I thought, well, how everyone says they're a good strategists, so uh, just saying that doesn't really mean anything. So I thought, how can I show uh, the way that I think? And for me, writing uh, is very similar, like it's a similar process. You basically bring something into the world that's new and you find ways uh, of explaining it in a way that everyone can relate to. So I started doing this and I actually really enjoyed it from the beginning and it got picked up really well and um I noticed very quickly that I I didn't just want to write about marketing but it just became a bit broader but I was writing a, a lot about diversity in that time already um and but at the beginning for the first few years it was very it, it was two separate roads so Doing the strategy work, uh, which wasn't really related, and then doing writing about what I personally thought was really important, and then the whole industry became more conscious, um, and then those two things came together like organically. So now my work is more, uh, yeah, it's more in the same field as 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 my writing, like my create my own creative work is. So it all came together very naturally, and the training is just something that um yeah that also kind of uh organically uh i think i started doing the trainings when i was invited to speak somewhere about uh, my personal impact, and then they were like oh maybe it's nice to do a little exercise and i just put some exercises in and then i noticed that it worked really well and then i kind of um, shaped it into more of a workshop and then from that point on i started um, developing it into what it is now and it, it kind of changes where where the demand is in the market as well because now beginning it was a lot about personal impact purpose and now everybody wants to work on inclusion and diversity in order to be able to do that you have to start looking in in the mirror and doing some things that are uncomfortable and that's you know my sessions are mostly about this more than the theory about.
1: Can you see what you're doing now reflecting back to your upbringing?
0: Um, no. <laughs> Not really. No. I mean, I'm from a from a diverse like a mixed cultural background. So, of course that means something. That just means that I always say that means that you're born with an inclusive mind because there's no group that you belong to. So, my dad's Indonesian and he's quite dark-skinned. My mom's German, she's very blonde. So, for me, like from a very young age, I noticed that people actually see you as as very different if your skin uh tone is different than white. So I think I've been always been very conscious of the fact that people do treat you differently uh, if you look different or if you speak different or if you're from a different place. So, um, but it wasn't, it, I wasn't raised like, like we didn't, we didn't talk about it that much at home. I I I, I, I am raised in, um, in, in, in trusting or being proud of who you are and not, not having to change for anyone or... So I, I do think that kind of helps, but I, I was always fighting fighting for justice. I always tried to help the kids out that weren't so strong like when, when I was younger. I kind of bullied the bulliers, which is also bullying. <laughs> I, I'm very aware of that, but back then I thought it was necessary. Yeah. <laughs> so I was happy to take that role. I always say like the, the, the guys the guys that were bullying back then, They're still the same guys that I'm arguing with right now. And this is basically the guys that are leading most companies. (laughs) So I I think I did everything that I could to be able with very strong arguments to Mm -hmm. fight back in a way. But I think that is a defense mechanism that I trained very hard to survive in the world as a woman of color. I think that's just something that I was really good at. So I just put everything in it and I used it. Uh, up until now, I'm starting to see, yeah, that that's that it's good to to be able to have it because I can also recognize it when other people react from pain or from trauma and they they use these tools. Um, but now I try to be the wiser one and to be constructive. But sometimes it slips. It yeah. happens.
1: Yeah, you're still a human. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no. So you were fighting injustice actually since you were on uh, primary school. <laughs> How did I go in high school then? What did you study?
0: That's such a boring question. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always say this is really funny because I always say when I, when sometimes I spoke at, at, at first students sometimes and then the teachers are always, of course, oh, you study and what did you learn? And I would say nothing. <laughs> no, it was like the, for me, I don't, I really, it didn't really work for me because back then I wasn't interested. Like I was interested yeah. in going out and uh what helped was that for my studies i could move to london and i could go out like next level <laughs> so that's my whole um so that's what i did and um so i studied international business and languages so i i did uh wanna i did um sign up for journalism it, at the beginning but then i wasn't uh, I, I wasn't uh, selected so then i thought well i'll just do something that suited my talents yeah <laughs> So that's languages, like the girl, the girl package, like languages and, and mathematics. And that was international business. it was very broad, but I wasn't interesting. So you learn something about marketing, something about sales, something about exports and stuff. I, I, really, I really don't think I learned anything. I learned so much from living in London for three years, just how to survive the world, how to get a job, how to uh, get a house, how to get an internship, all these things. But the actual school, nah. I would have easily like now. I would love to to study something. I would love to study philosophy or psychology or uh, many things. But back then, I was just yeah. you know. That's why I always think like the whole system. I don't believe in the linear kind of you know approach of growing up and that at some age you have to study because that's where you are in life. Whereas if you would turn it around, maybe some people should just start doing some practical stuff, and then the system should allow you to go. And study when you actually have the peace of mind to do it. Um, but it wasn't like that. So I, I was just, I mean, I'm i am intelligent. So I got my grades and stuff. So, you know, I got my diploma. I never showed it anywhere. <laughs> I never showed it anywhere. No one ever
1: really asked, asked, asked me
0: <laughs> anything. So, of course, probably so- it helped me.
1: That also means that you've always uh, chosen a route that didn't really, chosen a path that wasn't there yet. How did you do that? <laughs> uh,
0: I think I I think that's just very natural to me. Um, I I I don't I like for me it's very comfortable to be to be like in an open field. I don't need to have it like all structured out for me to see like oh that's right. So the questions like where do you see yourself in three years? I hope you don't have it prepared. Because I'm not going to answer it. I hate it when I, you know, when I have a job interview and people say, I'm like, I don't know. I literally don't know where I am in, th- in three months time. So um, for me, it works the best if I can just be very, if I can um, develop and work very organically. And, you know, when new things come, I always, because that's also, I think, uh, for me as a strategist, it's very important. I always get like different influences from different angles and I always use it. Like uh, when we were working for the Tony's thing, um, I was actually writing a book. I'm still writing the book, but I was actually doing kind of a similar thing with the um, with the change makers. And then after we did the recording of that series and I looked at the book and I was like, but I already did this. It, it was already born. Like it was mm-hmm. already, we already developed this so it shouldn't be in the book anymore so the book should be something else and that's how i love to work just to to and so and something new happened like i was trying to get into politics and then so the more the politics angle suddenly came into the book and um yeah so i really like to use the same as 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 how i work with it from the three different angles i use the insights that i get from the strategy work within my training and the other way around and um Yeah, it all kind of connects in a way which is very, I don't think about it. It just becomes very natural. And I also think, I I noticed now doing uh, my work as a strategist, but also as a trainer, that I'm very, uh, I'm in in the phase of my life now where I can depend on that I've learned so much and I have so much knowledge. So I don't have to prepare. Like I, I always really believe in everything that I do, like preparation's everything. But now I can trust more on, the like, just ha- let the process happen. Like, let it flow and then just, you know, you have a lot of things already inside you. You don't have to prepare everything.
1: You you, you I, write so many strategies for, for brands, for mm-hmm. companies, but also uh, within all your articles that have so much impact mm-hmm. on how people think, how people move, how people mm-hmm. react and take action or not. Mm-hmm. How do you make sure it's the impact that... You wanna? Because
0: it comes from my heart. It's this. It it comes from from within. So like that's why I always say like I'm not a writer in that way. Or at least I'm not a journalist. Because I find it very difficult um, if someone says you have to hand in like a, a column every Monday uh, at nine. Because if I don't, if I I I really write from from urgency that I feel like it's necessary that I say this right now. <laughs> Which sometimes in your head it becomes too big for what it is, but it does work that way. I always, I always, um, uh, I always um, explain it like this: like a lot of the time, I hear something and then it kind of it triggers me in a way. So I did um, teach myself to always write it down because sometimes I don't and then I forget. But then I think it's something, but I don't know what I think, and then I let it. I let it sit there for a while and then it comes back and then other angles come and then I sit down and I start writing and I'm like, okay, I have something. And then the the work starts. (laughs) It's actually put it in words that it also, uh, you know, people understand what you're saying. Um, But I'm never doing that thinking, oh, I'm going to make an impact. It's not like that. It's just like it's because a lot of the writing comes from, the, the feeling of injustice as well, that I feel like, oh, people are, people are looking at this, but they're not seeing it. Like, it's a lot of that because I love it when people say that, when people give that back to me, like, oh, I never looked at it this way. You made me look at it in a different way. Um, or they say... Uh, you find the right words to express how I feel. That's also a great compliment, I think, to get. But it's never that I sit down writing like, oh, now I'm going to make so much impact. And for the strategy work, it's more ongoing. So all the information that I collect, it's I, I try to put it in there. And you can only do so much because you also have to work with someone and they have different ideas. And so that's, for me, still always a challenge because i always see a lot of opportunity if you're bold if you're brave if you <laughs> if you're willing to get uncomfortable and most brands aren't so then my ideas are very bold and 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 i think very strong and then they're kind of you know end up somewhere in in the safety net uh, but that's why my uh, writing is so important to me because i don't have anyone telling me there. uh there's no restrictions. I can go, and then then that's how you create the best work as well.
1: Nadine, can you uh, tell me a little bit about how you started off at Vice and what did you do there exactly?
0: Um, I started at um as a someone that was responsible for some accounts, uh, some clients, and uh, for the strategy on these accounts as well. And uh, I started in a time where virtue. So the creative agency was just uh, well, it wasn't just, but it was at the beginning of the uh, of the agency. So um, what was really good is that I that we did everything ourselves at the beginning. So we did strategy, we did uh, production, we did, and it was kind of new in that time to do branded content. Uh, so we worked with the um, with the editorial team who were used and who were. Um, Uh, Who were um, interested in making uh, non-branded content, of course, and edgy content because it's vice and um, and uh, and the content, the branded content, of course, were a bit boring to them. So it was a really interesting challenge to create something that both they, you know, would be well at least happy with, maybe not proud of, but happy with, and and that it also at the same time contributed something to the brand. I learned a lot from it. And I also learned a lot from the creative process of actually creating uh, uh, like short documentaries that were interesting to watch. I really enjoyed that part of it as well. Um, Yeah, and it was just a very uh, intense, (laughs) fun.
1: You're a trainer now Mm -hmm. and you give workshops. What does that exactly entail? What could I call you up for?
0: Well, very like, Different things. I I don't like to make it too uh, set in like uh, specific uh, because I think it's very important to actually first discover what the real question is because a lot of people now think oh we have to do something with Black Lives Matter oh we have to do something with inclusion because we don't get uh, we don't have a diverse. Um, uh, we don't have diverse employees. Oh, and it's it's mostly like they're coming from some kind of angle. So I like to sit down with them and talk about the priorities. Like uh, and it also it always starts everything starts with culture. Like you can't have like you can do social media posts, but it doesn't mean anything, or you will never get it right. You can't skip those the culture part and then go to the uh, to the to the to the other things. What most companies want, they're like, yeah, we don't have to do this, but we do want to have. Uh, like uh, we do want to do inclusive uh, media planning, for example, or we do want to have like inclusive videos. But so I always um, say, start with culture. And if you look at culture, you start with people because people together uh, form culture. Uh, so the sessions that I do are not so much about. You have a lot of trainings that are that are a lot where you learn a lot about your blind spots and about racism and and it it is about it. But what's central. Uh, In in my training is that you actually start looking in the mirror, uh, looking at your own behavior looking at how the way uh, how your identity has shaped the way that you look at life and how you look at other people and learning about your privilege. So we work with a task force and Uh, with the management team, because the management team is, of course, very important in this. And we try to bring them together and create one universal language um, with very clear goals or to work for. But also uh, with the understanding that it's not something that you're going to solve in a workshop or in a training, or but it's something that takes lifelong learning, um, you know, both on knowledge as being aware of, of, of things. So they... A lot of companies, people are looking for simple solutions, but big it's, yeah, it's not. It's it's uh But at the same time, you can make very big changes uh, with these sessions.
1: Do you find it difficult to be satisfied or proud of yourself?
0: No. No. I mean, I I I'm satisfied and I'm proud of myself, but I'm never. Um, I don't know. I'm 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 kind of a perf- perfectionist, but that doesn't mean that I'm that I'm not. Like if I prepare well and I do a good job, I mm-hmm. am satisfied. It's not as if then I'm not. I just put like the 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 bar very high. Yeah. I think other people sometimes think that's insane. <laughs> but for me that's just normal. It's very yeah. I I just put it I just somehow put it there and um yeah but I do I I do think it also helps that you have a lot of people around you that do the same thing so it becomes very normal like yeah uh we expect a lot from each other as yeah. well um and it also lifts you up to see other people you know becoming uh reaching their potential and and it, and I try to be that for other people as well um,
1: Well we 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 just uh a couple of months ago we just worked together for over half a year mm. um and i for myself always raise really uh try to raise the bar as high as possible and
0: <laughs> i know what you're gonna say <laughs> and working with
1: you uh <laughs> no but working with you was actually a real pleasure because you raised the bar so high and i do the same for me but also for the team mm. we work with uh, and i think we make because of that we we really get the most out of the project well, we it we on and, and you can see a real influence from your hand there.
0: Thank you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Nadine, you're a female and a person of color. <laughs> you, plus, you raise your voice. You must have gotten a lot of backlash from people for doing so.
0: Also, I would like to um, point out that my sexual orientation is fluid. So I don't identify as heterosexual either uh heteronormative i would say um backlash yeah i mean i have to say because um the the intensity of the hate that when the black women specifically or muslim women specifically get is like the hate or the backlash that i get is nothing compared to what they get so i think that's very important to stress uh and i'm very aware of this um and 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 being uh, a woman of color is also something that you're in this world, which is like, you know, white male dominated. It's just something that you're used to, right? But but the thing is with the with the speaking out part, because I was always like, when what I what I said, like I was always used uh, of being in discussion, kind of in conflict, in 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 uh, opposite opinions, in speaking out. That's very natural to me. People always assume that I don't hand in any of my own privileges. But for me, that's something that's very important that I'm very aware of the fact uh, that because of the fact that I'm a, a woman of color, I'm disadvantaged in many ways in this world. But at the same time, I'm also advantaged in many ways uh, if you compare it to some other people. So instead of focusing on the negative, I try to focus on the positive. Because if you see your privileges, if then you can also see uh, where your opportunity lies to help others.
1: It seems like you're so self-aware for me um, um, of your privileges that you have now mm. and the privileges that other people don't have, maybe. Um, how do you find the right balance in having a conversation with someone in knowing who you are yourself mm-hmm. and where you're coming from, but also where you are now in life, how do you, how would I, from for myself, mm-hmm. find the right balance in a conversation of not overruling unconsciously someone, for example?
0: Well, I do. I think I do that as well. But I always say, um, so first it starts there, just acknowledging that you're not perfect. No one is, but. Um, I always think it's very interesting when people, like a friend of mine did this the other day. He was actually giving me advice on something that I asked him advice on. (laughs) And then he was like telling me what to do. And then at the end of the conversation, he's like, oh my God, oh my God. Was I mansplaining you? I was so mansplaining you. I was like, no, you weren't. And he's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, but the fact that you think about this and that you actually look at your own behavior in the way of our conversation and that you share this with me, that basically says all about you not mansplaining because otherwise you're you're not even aware of this. So I, I get this question a lot lately, by the way, men asking, like, how do I prevent myself from mansplaining? It's always thinking, like, is it something that you think you have to Put your opinion. Have, do you have to throw it on someone, or are you are you listening? Like, are you listening, and are you are you paying attention to uh, what they're actually uh, looking for, what's comfortable for them, uh, what 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 they want out of it? So, what I hear a lot of, you know, from from specifically from white males is, "I want this. I think it's good this way." I I, I hear a lot of "I." <laughs> um, so, if you're in a conversation. You know, try to be aware of the fact. Why are you? Why, why are you? It's it's a it's a very uh, dominant thing to to put yourself out there in the world. It's very um. um yeah, if you if you compare it to push and pull, it's very pushing. Like I'm here, and and like how how the masculine style is like I want to be the director of this company, or I want to be the president. Or whereas the pull, which is more the feminine way of doing things, is more. Uh, it's inviting and asking and being open and being interested and I think that's uh, something that you can apply to every situation which is makes it a lot more comfortable but it doesn't mean that um, you will sometimes do something that's offensive to someone but I always try, like this is what I really try to do in the trainings as well because it's not about me or it's not about my opinions there it's about people um learning from each other with each other and feeling safe Uh, so so my responsibility is creating a safe environment where people not only uh speak out about things that are hurtful or uh, that they have experienced but also people uh feel safe to say things that might not be popular to say Uh, so that's something completely different than you know what we started talking about like uh Being right, or that people actually use terms that I find offensive. Sometimes it's not about that. Like it's all important, but it's very important to look at the context in the conversation that you have and just be vulnerable. Just say, like a lot of people are scared to say the wrong thing. I always say if you start, if you start the question where you're not sure of with the jokes, if you're not sure, just don't do the joke. I mean, it's so easy, right? But if you want to ask something and you're not sure if you can, just say it. I feel that I'm curious about I don't know where you're from, but I'm not sure if that's something that you feel comfortable with. And then someone um, can can tell you, and maybe they will say, "No, no, it's okay," and they're still not comfortable. But then at least you try it, you know.
1: What's up for the future? You're writing a book.
0: Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, um, everyone's always writing a book, but I am. But it's the same thing. Like the the book also guide, kind of guides me through life um through everything that i do so if the book will never be published it will still be okay because it kind of you know helps me but it is i i do want to get it published <laughs> i think my agent <laughs> also wants to get it published um yeah so i just need to have a lot of focus time to be able to do that so that's why next week i'm going to the failure, and then for a week i won't do anything but uh, walking in nature and writing and getting it uh yeah, bringing it one step forward.
1: And what's your dream? Besides getting your book published.
0: <laughs> For myself? Mm. Um, like, what I would really want, and this is something that I'm working on as well, like, it's a... I, I personally believe that to bring us um, forward as a society... So to bring positive change, I think it's very important that more people start to understand that the progressive um, that progressive ideas are actually working for them, and not against them. So to put it that way, in Holland, uh, there's too many people uh, who vote against their own uh, benefit. <laughs> so in order to make this work, it's very important that we, uh, um, like the whole the whole um, uh, neo- neoliberal capitalist thinking is ingrained within our system. So the the, the more proge- progressive thinking is, is, is all about morality, like still now. So we need to find ways to make it, to do actually the same thing. So to make sure it gets ingrained into systems. So my dream is that we find each other. And I, I, I noticed that I find a lot of similar Uh, groups of people who think similar way, environments where I feel safe and I feel uh, positive and I feel like we can actually pull this off, Uh, coming together more and more and not even uh, only in Holland, but like on a global level. So that's my dream that we actually manage to make that happen and it will never be perfect. But, you know, at least in this life to experience what that will mean for the world. That would be my dream.
1: Sounds like a beautiful world to live in and <laughs> yeah. to be part of. Yeah. Well, Nadine, thank you very much. Well, thank you. Thank you for being on board.
0: <laughs> thank you for having
1: me. And hope to see you soon. Yep. All the best. Same to you. Thanks for listening to Perspectives by We Are the Free. Please leave a review, and if you'd like to hear more from us,
0: click the link to subscribe and stay up to date with all the latest content. There will be more from us coming soon.